deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors. And I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate. And follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals, or you can follow up with your investors. And you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners, then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Followup Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial, twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, I'm excited to introduce you to our newest host that we're bringing on to the team. His name is Slocum Reed, along with myself and Ash. Slocum will be providing value to every interview he does I've known Slocum for years, and I've watched his portfolio continue to grow. He currently owns and operates 65 units, including converting three units into an office building. So he's an owner-operator. He's coming from certainly a different perspective than I have. I know he's going to bring his expertise and cut through the fluff and get the best real estate investing advice ever for you. So welcome, Slocum Reed. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Slocum Reed and I'm here with Sia Sr. Sia is joining us from Upper Marlboro, Maryland, one of the Maryland suburbs of DC. She is the principal and asset manager at Arrowhead Capital, which acquires multifamily assets in the mid-Atlantic and the Southeast. She is an LP on 134 units. She self-manages over 20 single family and small multifamily units. And she has a smaller asset acquired through a JV partnership. And she came to real estate investing as a high school math teacher. Sia, can you start us off with a little bit more of your background and what you're currently focused on? Sure. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, Slocum. As you said, I am a former high school math teacher. I started in real estate in 2003 with the encouragement of my husband. I did that part-time doing real estate on the weekends in the summer. And then we got our first long-term rental when we decided to house hack and move into the house we have now and rent the property that we had when we first got married. So recognizing all the benefits and the nice income that came from that, it didn't require a lot of work, didn't require me teaching or anything like that. We continued to add properties to our portfolio. We did some flips, about eight in the DC area and Baltimore as well, and just kept adding to our portfolio until we got ready 
2020 to start scaling up and adding multifamily. So we joined some communities to get better understanding and education on that, did some networking and connected with people to be able to take down a 16 unit at the end of 2021. So now we're focused with Arrowhead Capital, which is our real estate investment firm. We're focused on adding more to the portfolio, but also connecting with some investors and people who don't know they can be passive investors. We've got an educational piece of our real estate firm that wants to inform people who may be not aware about the benefits of real estate investing and may not have the time like we do managing our own units that can still benefit from it. And so our goal is to get as many people on board and educated about this so that they can grow their generational wealth as we are doing right now. Awesome. Tell me about the 16 unit that you recently acquired. Sure. So it's a 16 unit townhouse asset in Johnson City, Tennessee, connected with a couple of other partners who had found that asset through their networking, brought it to us. And we just thought it was a good asset to start with, particularly because we are really focused on really growing our wealth and connecting with people who have similar values and guidelines that we do. And so that worked out really well for us because it's a smaller unit. Right now we're managing over 20 ourselves. So it was a great way for us to kind of test the waters and see what skills I have managing our single family and our four unit, what can translate over to the 16 unit to see how it's different, you know, because obviously with 20 units plus different buildings and that kind of stuff, it should be easier, <laughs> we would hope, right. uh, managing a 16 unit or at least managing the manager because we have a property manager, third party property manager on the 16 unit in Tennessee. So I'm excited to join. And it was a great opportunity too for us to get out of the two of us being a team and open ourselves up to other individuals to get different perspectives and just unite and connect in that way. So that's how we found that. And it's been good so far. We've got great returns on it so far. We've got 100% collection, which is great. We always like that. And we've got some great potential in what we plan on doing with the property. It was actually self-managed by the owner who had actually built it in the early 2000s. And so we feel like with inviting in a third-party manager to kind of improve the efficiencies of it, that that can be really beneficial for us. And so we're excited about all the potential with that. How big are these townhouses? They're two bedroom, two bath. They have a garage. They're three levels. So they've got the two levels up top and the garage on the bottom. They're really nice, actually. They were kind of overbuilt for the area, which is great for us because the rents are under market. And so we have great potential to just maintaining and taking care of a little maintenance here or there and bringing it up to market rent. So that's what we're excited about. Gotcha. So two bed, two bath, townhouse apartments with garages that were built just around or under 20 years ago. Give us an idea of the numbers on this deal. What did you buy it for? Is there any money that you had to put into it? And then what kinds of returns were you projecting and what's happening right now? We purchased the asset at 1.5. It is seller finance. He's financing. Yeah, very nice. They did a good job negotiating that. 1 million. So we had to come with the rest as a group. Let's see. You, oh, the reject return. So right now we're projecting an equity multiple and a seven-year hold. So we're like 2.3 is the goal. And we're pretty much considering that the properties were really under market in the beginning. We've been able to release, resign, renew some of the tenants, increasing some of the rents. We are actually responsible landlords, which I enjoy, and owners in that we could significantly raise the rents and be at market. We recognize and see the humanity in our tenants and recognize that this could be a shock for them. And so we're working to do it responsibly, right? And if it's not a place where they're able to stay because of the rents, 
working with them and with the property management that's there to kind of facilitate a good way of working together to get to everybody's goal where they have some place to live that they can afford and we can also still improve the asset and get it running in a performance peak that we like. And so that's kind of what we're doing right now with it. Gotcha. It sounds like, especially with your experience as an owner operator with the single families and small multifamilies that you were buying before you started looking at larger deals, it sounds like you have a lot of experience in hands-on property management. I'm an owner operator too, so I am the management company and I'm in too much of the nitty gritty right now. Question for you for our owner operator listeners, but also for our listeners who are planning value add business plans that they need to execute on when you acquire an asset like this, when you know that you're going to raise rent on the tenants who are currently there, how do you go about that? How do you make sure that the good tenants you want to stay in their townhomes will want to stay after the rent goes up? Right. So it is a challenge to have the asset perform at peak performance while also recognizing humanity and the fact that this is really, real estate is about people, right? There are people that live in the property. We want to recognize that they need shelter just like anyone else. So what we've worked with, at least on a 16 unit asset, and I'll talk about what we do with our personal portfolio, is that like I said before, we're really working on forming them. The truth of the matter is that if you're under market, it's not like people can't really afford it. They just have had the benefit of having to pay less rent. But if the markets are increasing, that also because people can afford to pay a little bit more. And so you kind of find that balance where you inform, you educate, you give them time to either decide, yeah, I'm willing to pay more because I see this is a great deal and increasing my rent is still worth it for me to stay here. Or if not, giving them two, three months, a two, three month renewal, two, three months to kind of manage and look for other places to live. And so that's kind of what we're doing with the 16 unit. As it pertains to our single family and small family portfolio that we have, the same idea. And when you self-manage, sometimes you get your heart strong and you try to work with the tenants. But what we've learned, especially coming into the multifamily space, is that that is great, but also you can do well by doing good as well. And so we have increased our rents with our tenants, but recognizing that we try to balance what they we know they can afford. We looked at in terms of their income coming in, getting a good idea about that and what makes sense. And so we try to balance us being profitable with them also having a place to live that they can afford that works for everybody. And if that's not the case, we give them enough time. Sometimes we give them resources on other locations that might better fit them in terms of what they're willing to pay. Because sometimes they just don't want to pay more and that's okay. So we work with them to get them transitioning into a new place and giving them the time they need to do that while also recognizing that we are also in this for making a profit. And so we want everyone to have a win-win situation. So that's been good for us. The key for us is really communicating with the tenants. And we've had great relationships with all of our tenants from before the pandemic happened. And so we had very little turnover. In fact, we only had one that we had to evict because she just refused to pay. But everyone else, we were able to work with them. We got them the assistance that came through. So I credit our relationship with them and working with them before the pandemic and recognizing that this is a relationship to get us to where we are right now. And so we've been fortunate in that sense. And so they don't mind when you raise the rent, especially if it hasn't been a while and they recognize that you've given them value. And so addressing all their needs appropriately in an adequate amount of time, just communicating with them. So they know you're not just this figurehead, but you're a human being too that has kids and has regular issues that they have. So we've been fortunate in that sense. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. What's holding you back from getting into apartment building deals? Is it knowledge, fear, inability to take action, lack of support? 
If it's any of these things, then I suggest you consider Deal Maker Mentoring with Michael Blanc. Michael's program is the most effective program to help you syndicate your first apartment building deal. During Deal Maker Mentoring, you'll work directly with one of Michael's experienced mentors who have successfully replaced their income with apartment buildings. They've already done what you want to do, which is become financially free. So in addition to providing their own syndication experience, They've been trained in Michael's unique deal maker blueprint designed to help you do your first deal and become financially free just like them in the next one to three years. To find out more, text the word Joe to 66866. I know Michael's going to get you to where you'd like to be. Again, text the word Joe to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind, and let's get you started with your own syndication business. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Communication is absolutely vital for sure. In my experience as an owner operator, I have a lot more C-class properties right now. See, as an owner operator myself, and I know you have a third-party property manager there in Johnson City, you're in Maryland, but you also have your own portfolio in Maryland. As an owner operator, I do fully agree that good communication and frequent communication, if not over-communication, is absolutely vital. In my experience, every issue that a tenant has falls into one of two categories. It's either maintenance, they need a place to live where everything works, everything functions. There is heat in the winter. There's cool air in the summer. But the other category that everything that's not maintenance, in my experience, if it's not a maintenance issue, it's a respect issue. It's about tenants feeling respected by their neighbors and by their property manager and by their landlord. So I cannot overemphasize the value of communication. I wish I was buying townhouse apartments built 20 years ago. I'm like the brick bunker, three stories, built in the 1960s or 70s, cram as many apartments in a building as you possibly could 50 years ago is the stuff that I've been buying recently. So we end up having to do probably more value add than you do. But one of the things that I do is when I take over management, I open with, we're the new game in town and we are making this a better place to live. Over-communicate but also make sure the tenants hear from us that we are improving their home. And we do some of the major capital stuff, resurfacing parking lots, replacing windows, adding Wi-Fi, the big stuff, finally having the common areas professionally cleaned. The carpet's been sitting there just soaking in everything for five years. We do that stuff first while talking about making it a nicer place to live. And then we raise rents. You know, exactly, it, exactly. Because 
to your point, Sia, you put this really well. It's about this business doesn't work without profit. We're still in the business of providing a home and treating people with dignity and respect. And there's a balancing act that you referenced there that's absolutely vital in what we do. And for those of our listeners who don't get involved in the day-to-day operations, I hope what you're getting from this is that the people who are in your day-to-day operations, your property manager, the people who are creating your business plan, that they have this in mind, treating people with dignity and respect. Absolutely. Sia, the 16 unit in Johnson City is a joint venture. What is your role within the partnership? So I'll be doing a little bit of the asset management with the team. A majority of the people on the team are either former or current military. And so, you know, we have the potential for being deployed. So there's a lot of overlap where we kind of cover each other in case that happens. So I'll be using my experience and skills from the asset manager part to kind of play a role there and just to see. I'm also going to be looking at the finances because obviously we need to make sure that financially the property is doing well so that when we're ready to do a refinance, we can do that and that the property is performing well. And so I'll be looking at the metrics of it and all the finances, kind of looking over it and then comparing it to see what we can do in terms of exit plan or refinance if that happens to be the goal. And the good thing is that I actually have an MBA in economics and finance, so that will nice. kind of help with me in that a little bit too. So yeah, I'll be doing that with my main two roles, basically, and helping with that. That degree sounds very valuable. Mine's in philosophy and Spanish, which is, uh, <laughs> that, I'll tell you what, the Spanish is coming in clutch right now. See, it's a lot easier see. to get my rehab done um, <laughs> with the Spanish, but philosophy is helpful in other ways, but not as directly correlated as your education. See ya. You developed a skill set as an owner operator and with your portfolio there locally before you started looking at other deals, which of those skills are proving to be the most valuable now that you are investing at a distance with joint venture partnerships? I've developed a lot of skills, one, working with the tenants. I think being a former teacher and just recognizing that there are different personalities and knowing how to approach that, whether it be with your tenants, whether it be with your coworkers, your colleagues, whether it be working with maintenance or the construction crew and trying to get them to work with you, I think that is a skill that I have in terms of trying to relate to people and letting them see the sincerity about where, how I'm approaching things. I think that's one great skill because then it, they recognize that it's not a, a me against them, but it's a, like, how can we work together and let's get our goal together? And so I think that's really important because if you recognize that you're all on the same team, then it's easier to work together to get to the goal. And so I try to keep that in mind with the tenants, with my coworkers, with my colleagues on partners and things like that. And then I think just having experienced so many different units, even though they're pretty close together, majority of our units are in Baltimore, but we have some in the DC area as well. Just being able to organize and manage all of that. I've used our property management software to kind of help me keep that stuff organized so that I know the rent's coming in, I know what's going out, I know the expenses, and I can have a good handle on that. So I think those are the two main skills that I bring that can help and benefit with the teams that I join. Awesome. What kinds of deals are you guys looking at acquiring now? Two types of deals. In particular, we want to still do joint ventures, and we're looking in the Baltimore area because it's in our backyard, but we're also looking in places like North South Carolina, Indiana, and Ohio because we like the cash flow that can is a potential there. And so for me, I'm focused on those types of deals that we could keep in our portfolio with other partners and help us grow 
wealth wise generation, our family and our friends and kids. But we're also looking at deals that have nice upside that more kind of a syndication play larger units. And particularly because I feel like there are a number of people in our community that don't really have access to those types of deals. So we are looking at deals that can bring them that potential where we could syndicate and bring in limited partners who didn't really even know about this as we did many years ago and provide them opportunities to invest in these types of deals, whether it be a 506C, 506B, or maybe even a Title III, which we're also looking at doing. That will allow people who may not have those accredited qualifications, but still want to invest and have funds and want to learn and be able to develop and you know increase their wealth as well. So we're open to all of those. Awesome. Well, Sia, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes. <laughs> Sia, what is the best ever book you've recently read? I have two. And the first one is The One Thing with Gary Keller. And the other one is The Millionaire Real Estate Investor. So I think they go hand in hand, particularly because The One Thing helps me focus in on my goals and making sure I have the priorities straight so that I can be a little bit more productive. And then the way we kind of built our current portfolio was based on The Millionaire Real Estate Investor. So getting the goals, making a plan, and then acting on it. And so those two, I think, went hand in hand in really helping us. But I like to review them, even though I've read them before, just to kind of solidify and keep me on task. So those are my two good ones. The one thing is fabulous. The Millionaire Real Estate Investor was the first book I read that gave a proper 30,000 foot view of everything that real estate investing can be and figuring out how to invest in real estate in a way that will help you achieve your own goals. It's also the only book I've ever read that includes the metric return on equity, especially when we're experiencing as much appreciation as we have the last two years. This is being recorded in February 2022. Return on equity is a vital metric that I had never even heard of until I read that book. So those are both great. Sia, what's your best ever way to give back? My husband and I, we tithe to our church and we give to charity, which is part of who we are and our value system. But we also like to give our time. And so in terms of real estate investing, I've done a couple of webinars with family, friends, and people that are familiar with me to kind of inform them about real estate. I've also started a Facebook group that is called Sage and Stewart Real Estate Investing that talks about the wisdom and wise types of investing along with the stewardship and taking responsibility and managing the assets and the people in the assets in a, a responsible manner. So those are two ways that I like to give back. Awesome. What's the best ever lesson you've learned while investing in real estate? Hmm, the best ever lesson. I think for me, having been in this for a long time, the best lesson is to stay persistent and continue to just be consistent with what you're doing and stay persistent. But it's really kind of just being focused, right? And recognizing that wealth is not built overnight and that it takes some time to work on, but you can do it. So there are times when we've had some interesting times with tenants that we've had to work through, but at the end, we end up working it out. And it's been because we've been consistent with what we do, trying to add to our portfolio each time, meeting the needs of the tenants and growing in that manner where we even get referrals now. So that's probably my best lesson. And what's your best ever advice? My best ever advice is, I think the things that I learned from the, the two books, which is to set a goal for yourself, make a plan, and then just take that first step forward. And I think as I talked about the two books, they have really helped me to really move forward. It's not easy, but it's simple. And the goal is just like, if you keep that in mind that you've got a goal, you make your plans to attack those goals, and then you take a step and move in towards the actions, then that, that's going to be really helpful to you. Awesome. Sia, where can people get in touch with you? 
You can find me on LinkedIn. I try to do posts there every once in a while. As I said, I mentioned the Facebook group that I have, Sage and Stuart Real Estate Investing. So you can find that there. And you can also reach me at Sia at arrowheadcap.com. Great. Well, best ever listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you've gotten value from this episode, please subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a five-star review and please share this episode and this conversation with CS Senior with a friend so that they can receive value from our podcast too. Thank you and have a best ever day.